the resurrection. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone that had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. They were both running and the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed that the linen wrappings lying there while the cloth that had covered Jesus's head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed for until then they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said that Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying and as she wept she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. has a way of killing dreams, doesn't it? It has a way of making us feel empty. It makes us feel like we're falling apart. Falling short. We set out with these high hopes. We have plans. We have dreams. We have expectations. Then somehow things don't turn out the way we thought they would plans change. People let you down. You let yourself down. And before you know it, the life you are living isn't the life you dreamed of at all. And you find yourself in a place that you never expected to be. One of the blessings about the calling to be a pastor is that I get to meet a lot of people and I get to hear their stories. But people have some sad and tragic stories. Disappointment is part of our human condition. We have all had dreams that haven't come through the way we expected. We all know what disappointment feels like. We all know discouragement. We know what it feels like when we feel no hope. 
Well, happy Easter, Pastor. Aren't we supposed to be celebrating today? Why are you bringing us down in the dumps? Thanks for the pick-me-up. Isn't Easter about hope and new life and all that good stuff? Of course it is. But it first starts at the grave. In the dark. With a woman weeping. Feeling hopeless. And so we begin our Easter journey this morning right in that place. All four Gospels give an account of the resurrection. But only John tells us how to live in light of the resurrection. John tells us that Mary Magdalene was the first person to the tomb that morning. Who's Mary Magdalene and why does she matter? The Bible tells us that Mary Magdalene was one of several women who became followers of Jesus and she helped to support his ministry. We're also told that Jesus delivered her from seven demons. Now to live in that day possessed by demons, you were an outcast. You were locked up or you were sent away from the rest of the people. Essentially, you were told you were living alone without any hope of that ever changing. That was Mary Magdalene's life before Jesus. And that's exactly what Jesus saved Mary from. A troubled past, an uncertain future. She was saved from fear, from anxiety, feelings of hopelessness. Jesus set Mary Magdalene free from all of that in a word. In Jesus, she found life. A life that was then centered on Jesus alone. So you can imagine how she must have been feeling on that morning. All that she had thought was gone. She thought it was all lost. Everything was hopeless again. And that is where our story begins. John gives us a vivid picture. While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb. While it was still dark gives us a point of reference for time of day, but it also gives us a point of reference for how she was feeling, psychologically, spiritually. As she sees the empty tomb, she's scared. She's confused. She doesn't understand. So she runs to tell the disciples, they've taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they put him, she said. Then Peter and John run to the tomb with her in the dark. In fact, John describes it almost as a race back to the tomb where one disciple's outrunning the other in the dark. Do you ever have situations in your life where you don't understand? Where in the confusion, you feel like you're just running around in the dark? Doesn't feel so good. We just want light. We just want to be able to see. We just want hope. That's what they're running from. They want hope, but there's none. And then when they get to the tomb, they see it is empty. And they still don't get it. They still don't understand. So the men leave. 
You know, when I when I read this part in scripts, I gotta just break here because it, it it just it keeps coming into my head. You know, when my husband and I we get into an argument at bedtime, and we could be laying in bed, and I'm like, we gotta talk about it. We gotta talk about it. There's something we gotta talk about, and he's snoring away. And I'm thinking, we need to talk about this. Guys, what is it? You could just sleep and snooze away. That's kind of what I got when I read this. They go to an empty tomb. Mary's the one upset. The guys see it, say, oh, and they leave. They have other things to do. They don't want to deal with it. Some of us deal with situations the same way. When things don't make sense, when situations overwhelm us, it's better to walk away. We'd rather not deal with it and pretend everything's okay. When in actuality, we're dying on the inside. You know, the next time we see the disciples, they're all locked up in a room, afraid. They're all hiding, pretending, oh, everything's fine. But Mary stays. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. Mary stayed. She wasn't afraid to cry. She wasn't afraid to ask questions. She wasn't afraid. She stayed. How often do you find yourself so overwhelmed by your circumstances that all you can do is cry? It feels good to cry. You cry in the dark so no one else can see you. You know, we live in a darkened world with darkened understandings. And we sometimes find ourselves without any hope, without peace. Because we want to know. We want to understand. But understanding is just out of our reach. Sometimes we're so afraid of the dark. We lock ourselves up and look for diversions. But not Mary. She wasn't afraid to wrestle with what had happened. She was not afraid to cry in the dark. And that is exactly where the light breaks in, in the dark. John and Peter missed it. They ran back. They didn't stay. They missed it. If only they had stayed with Mary, wrestling, asking, seeking, knocking. Wasn't that the whole message of Jesus Christ? Ask, seek, knock. A door will be opened for you. Mary's living it. She finds it to be true. And so Mary is asked, woman, why are you crying? It seems an obvious question. She's standing in a tomb. She's at a grave. Why else would she be crying? It's a place of death. It would seem that crying would be expected. But what we realize is that something unexpected is about to happen in the ordinary. Light is about to break in the darkness. And then we realize something else. The whole time in the garden, Mary was not alone. 
There has been someone else in the garden the whole time. How long had he been standing there? How long had he been watching? What was it about Jesus that allowed Peter and John to just run by him? Look into the empty tomb and leave. What was it about Jesus that allows him to let Mary weep and search and ask and show her heart? I don't know. But for the grief, the anxiety and the worry and the loss that Mary is experiencing, even though she feels unsafe, she is safe and secure with tender care of Jesus. He was there the whole time, even though she doesn't see him. Reminds me of when my kids were little. When the lights would go out at bedtime, they'd be frightened. Mommy, Dad, I can't see you. But we had baby monitors with the little videos. And we would say, that's okay, we can see you. And that's the kind of idea where they were secure because they were seen and they were held and they were known. Just as we're seen and held and known by our Father in heaven. And then in that one unexpected moment where light breaks through the darkness, Jesus calls her name, Mary, he says. What a moment that must have been. Wouldn't you want to hear the one who loves you, has created you, and redeemed you? Don't you want to hear him say your name? See, when Jesus calls her name, Mary, the light goes on. The darkness is dispelled. No one speaks her name like Jesus. No one speaks your name the way Jesus does. He's the good shepherd. And the good shepherd knows his sheep by name. Mary's not a number. She's not just a name. She's a being with a soul. A person, a daughter of the king who is dearly loved. Some of you have been in the dark for a long time. Some of you feel alone. Some of you are wondering if Jesus even sees you. But he is there in the dark. He's calling your name. He's simply waiting for you to turn around and recognize him. See, what Jesus revealed to Mary in that moment, what he wants to reveal to you and to me, is that he is stronger than any setback. He is stronger than any failure. He is stronger than any loss. He's stronger and bigger than any disappointment you have been facing. Yes, life has a way of killing dreams. But Jesus has a way of bringing them back to life. That's why today matters. But that doesn't mean you'll always get what you want. It means that we have hope. It means that we have confidence that God will do something good. 
whatever circumstances you find yourself in this morning, whatever pain you are experiencing, whatever loss or disappointment you are dealing with today, God will do something good with it. He will do something good in you. Because your story isn't finished yet. Because of the resurrection, your story's just beginning. That is the hope and the confidence we have in Jesus. God will meet you in that place, in that moment, just as he met Mary in her darkness. God may not change your circumstances, but he'll change you. Mary's circumstances didn't change. Pontius Pilate was still in control. The Roman soldiers and persecution were still there at the door waiting to do something. But she was transformed. The final verse of our text says, Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Jesus is calling your name and your name today. Are you courageous enough to say, I have seen the Lord? Because that's what he has for you today. Mary was no longer weeping. She was no longer afraid. She was filled with hope and she was filled with courage. Jesus called her name and it changed everything. The world can't understand it. The world can't describe it. The world looks at you in the middle of chaos and it can't understand why you have courage. It doesn't understand why you have faith or why in the midst of your tears you keep seeking and you keep knocking and you keep asking even though you don't know the answers. It's because Jesus has called your name. When that happens, you realize it's at the tomb. It's in the darkness. It's at the place where dreams die, where hopes are shattered, where loved ones are parted. It's in that place that Jesus will meet you in the darkness. He didn't meet Mary at a party. Jesus doesn't meet us in the good times or in the blessings. Jesus meets us at the tomb Mary's past, her weeping and her unanswered questions didn't have the final word because Jesus called her name. He's calling your name too. He's strong enough. He's wise enough to do something good. He's wise enough and strong enough to do something meaningful in what you think is a mess. Jesus rose from the grave. He overcame death, not so our circumstances would change, but so that we would change. <laughs> That's grace. That's the resurrection. When Jesus calls our name, we have the promise of hope for tomorrow and the reality of God's presence today. That is the resurrection and that's what it's all about. He's calling your name.